Welcome to the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. I'm John Williamson, the host of the podcast and founder of K-12 Food Rescue, an organization founded in 2007 committed to empowering people to lead the Food Is Not Trash movement in their school districts. Today I'm joined by Elaine Fiore, K-12 Food Rescue leader in Broward County, Florida, and teacher at Beachside Montessori School and founder of School Food Recovery in Florida. So Elaine, welcome to the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. Thank you for having me. So, Elaine, you contacted K-12 Food Rescue in August of 2016. I just wanted to give you a chance to share with our audience a little bit about yourself and maybe how you connected with K-12 Food Rescue uh, several years ago and how you stumbled upon our resources. Yes. So um, it was in May of 2016, I had the opportunity to attend a Green Schools Conference in Boston. And those conferences are always very rejuvenating because you meet people from all over doing amazing things. So I met this woman and she was really excited about her share table program and how it was reducing greenhouse gases and feeding people that are hungry and the children. And I was very excited for her, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh, well, that's great. We're not allowed to do that in, uh, in Broward County. I wish we were. And so then I did say that I was like, Oh gosh, I wish we could do that. And she told me her cousin was in Palm beach County, which is the County North of ours. And she had a program. And then she proceeded to tell me about the bill Emerson act and the USDA and all these federal agencies that allow, uh, for share tables in schools. So I came back all excited. I called my food nutrition services. I was like, I've got wonderful news. Let me talk to you about the Bill Emerson Act and USDA. And uh, we could have share tables. And, you know, they weren't quite as excited as I was. They're like, well, that's all well and good. However, we're accountable to our health department. And until we have the health department share table policy, uh, we can't have share tables. So I was a little, needless to say, I was a little deflated. Uh, and I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, I'm a teacher in a school. How on earth am I going to figure out who to talk to in the health department about share tables? So I thought about it for a while and I was trying to think of anyone that I knew that might be able to help me. And because we were a green school, I had a contact in the state that works with green schools. And I called her and I asked her for help. And actually, uh, Florida is pretty progressive when it comes to food recovery. Overall, we have a uh, we have a state uh, food recovery specialist who works primarily with farms and gleaning, but she also works with schools. So she was able to connect me with the health department. And then I was able to go back and say, yes, I've got great news. I have the health department policy. And so they allowed me to pilot the program for the district. But in my research, I was Googling food recovery, food rescue, and I came across your website, which had awesome, you have that uh, resource where you could capture data. And uh, I emailed you and you were very helpful in kind of guiding along you had that um, reference guide how to talk to your principal and Mm, how to talk to um, food nutrition services which was very helpful so is that was that melanie mason yes melanie mason yeah awesome yeah we've been in communication quite a lot with her so can you kind of give our listeners a feel for and by the way that's very inspiring story i'm so glad that you were able to share that um, for our listeners but can you get give everybody an idea for kind of what the first steps you took 
um, you know, after we maybe we had some mentoring calls or after you kind of checked out all those resources from all the different the places that you were looking at, what, what was the first thing you did? Well, the first, the first thing I did was contact my food nutrition services because mm-hmm. when, although the share tables are not in the kitchen, they are, our share tables actually are outside. They're in the cafeteria, but you have to have in order for, you know, any change, any significant change that you're going to have put in place, you have to partner up and communicate. So it was essential to have food nutrition services on board because that's where our food is coming from. They have, and I didn't have their perspective in my eyes. I was like, Oh, we're going to save the environment. We're going to feed (laughs) children and this is going to be wonderful. But I didn't understand their perspective and uh, how they are accountable to the health department. And so if in order for, obviously we want to make sure the food that we're giving the children is safe. So there are, there's protocols that need to be followed. So we were, we all are able to learn from each other. So food nutrition services, that partnership is key. And I will say, um, it de- depending on the size of the district in our district, the district didn't want to take on, they didn't want me to come to them with this idea of share tables and then drop it with them. They were fine with me having the idea of share tables as long as I was willing to own it. Um, yes. However, I was surprised. I have spoken uh, across the state and there are some smaller districts where it's actually the food nutrition services department that is tired of seeing all this food waste and they see how hungry these children are. So some of the food nutrition services uh, staff in certain districts have spearheaded the share table programs. No question. That's a great point that you make because a lot of times it's just the individual, (laughs) you know, and, and what they're experiencing personally in their heart related to what they're seeing. And you just can't predict that. But um, what I think is very cool is as I go through the Broward County website, I see that you've been able to get uh, all this information on your district's website, which is a very large school district. So can you give me an idea of kind of how you got all that, you know, even for them promoting it at the district level? Right. So um, we, I I am, our school is a green school. So I am Mm. connected with people in our district in the STEM Uh, department as well. And because we had a partnership with food nutrition services and we got all the players involved who needed to be involved, we had great buy-in because really at the end of the day, who's going to say, you know, we don't want to give extra food to children. We want to treat, we want to train our kids to treat food as trash. We want to pull, you know, we want to emit methane gas. Nobody wants to do that. So the program overall is an easy sell. It's just the logistics. So I think because we were able to pilot the program and we were able to work out all of the kinks, so that way it could easily be replicated in other schools. So once we, you know, there's, we have different workshops throughout the district and we share the information and uh, our our local news even came and did a story on Mm -hmm. our food recovery efforts. And so that brought a lot of attention to it. And I think a big part at the time was just spreading awareness that you're allowed to do it. So once parents, students, and teachers recognized they were allowed to do it, they, they would reach out to food nutrition services and tell them that they wanted to have share tables. So we were able to, because we had the pilot and I was willing to do the training and partner up, uh, they were 
it expanded. So now I have great news now in this past January, you know, and it's a process. Anytime you're going to change something, it does not happen overnight. I've been working on this for four years. But finally, in January, um, we started the district. It's not a district policy, but the district has procedures in place if you want to have a share table. So the principal has to sign the form. Uh, whoever is going to spearhead it, whether it be a teacher, parent, or student, uh, they need to attend uh, training. And um, so, yeah, so now the it's open for other schools in our district to start programs. So in your, so in your original email that you sent me in 2016, I, I see that Broward County is the sixth largest school district in the nation. Yes. Is that? Yep, we are. We're the sixth. And actually, here in South Florida, we have, we're the sixth largest, just south of us is Miami-Dade County. They're mm-hmm. the fourth largest. And north of us is Palm Beach, which is the 10th largest. So the thought is, if we're able to get it going in Broward, Dade, and Palm Beach, we'd be able to may have a significant impact um, on our students and expanding the program. Absolutely. And there's videos on our site from from one of our national student leaders in Dade, as well as Palm Beach. Um, So it's definitely, you know, you can see the movement spreading. Can you give me a feel for in Broward? Do you you have a general idea of how many schools have adopted it at this point? Um, Because policy is definitely the most important thing because policy sets everything. But um, do you have any estimate for how many Broward schools have, have kind of started? Yes, we have approximate. So after the new procedures came in place, any schools who wanted to continue with a program had to go have to take the proper steps. So we have approximately 20 schools that mm, have uh, share table programs. Now, we have uh, approximately 220 schools, uh, kinder, our elementary, middle, and high schools in our district. So we still have a long ways to go. One of the challenges is the fact that schools need to have some type of infrastructure. They need the actual Mm -hmm. share table. um, And we also like for them to have a refrigerator. That way at the end of lunches, whatever is not eaten, they put in the refrigerator. The kids can access it later or it's donated to a food pantry. So some of the schools are having a hard time getting the infrastructure to have a program. So I've, there's been a lot of work within the community and partnering, like we partner with some of our local hospitals, there's nonprofits. We have uh, one of our, our University of Florida, their agriculture services, uh, different agencies we've reached out to to see if they could help sponsor uh, share tables or refrigerators for schools. Yeah, so that that leads me to a question I was going to ask you. So like here in Indiana, when we have the funds in our organization to make a donation for the refrigerator, um, we certainly do it. But there's times when we can't. But what we have found is that that is one thing that people love to fund, something that they can just reach out and touch. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, as far as like. If can, for a not-for-profit, when you make when you do fundraising for general operations like salary, right. that's a little bit more difficult of a sell than it is. Hey, there's this three hundred dollar refrigerator we need, right. and we just need to fund that. It seems to be everybody jumps on board for that. Was my right. point? Yes, that yes, that is easy. It's easier, but we're still you know with all the schools that we need refrigerators and share tables right now. That's yeah. still a, a priority for me. But you're right; it's an easier ask. 
have you ever considered like a GoFundMe page for those schools teaching them how to do that? That's we haven't really done taught people how to do it, but we've suggested it and I've had some people. They also have a. I haven't used it before either, but I hear a lot of good things about donors choose. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, so that absolutely. Would be a good, that would be a good suggestion yeah. as well. So, so for our listeners, is, is donors? I believe donors choose is for teachers, yep. um, where where people get to fund teacher projects and so forth. Um, yeah, just making sure that was the right yes, <laughs> connection that... that I was making there. So, tell me about some of these presentations that you've made around, whether it be green schools conferences, state nutrition events, or even refed. I've saw I've seen some information and a little bit about your organization that you founded, um, the School Food Recovery Organization. Yep. So once you know, once you know something, you can't unknow it. So now that I yep. know about all the food waste that's going on in the schools, obviously my priority was for my school to have it. I want my district to have it. I want all the schools in Florida to have share table <laughs> programs. We need to have it all. Every single school across the country should have this. So yes. uh, because I'm so passionate about it and I saw the different so since my school's a pilot, we're kind of like a, a host site for food recovery. So schools who are interested in having a program, they'll come and tour our school to understand, to see it in action. So I'll either have parents that come, I'll have teachers, or I may have students that come. So because I saw that, I'm like, all right, I need to go and speak to our state at our state PTA conference. I need to talk at teacher conferences and also student, you know, some of the student, I spoke with our district's student government to, because sometimes the kids like to take on projects like that too. Sure. Um, Absolutely. So it, and it's been nice to be able to travel around and speak to different groups about and get them excited about food recovery and help support them. So because I get some of the same questions over and over, I did create, um, I, I started off just creating a website and it's schoolfoodrecovery.org. And I tried to put as a, a school starting out, I tried to include any tool, any parent letter, any template that would make the process easier. Yeah, it's a great website. You've done a great job. Thank with it. you. Thank um, so, so that's so that's it has not yet become a formal organization. Well, it is, it is a formal organization, and I've started because I've had different groups ask me to do some consulting. So I yep. I did start it as an organization um, to do that, and then the refed. I didn't speak at refed. However, I discovered I had everyone. Now I'm in food recovery world within my community and state. Um, so everyone spoke about this refed food waste, a national food waste summit. So I made it Mm -hmm. a priority to attend and it was great because from going there, um, I was connected with people in California and you may like this idea too. So in California, they had a California food waste prevention week and they had it a couple years ago and it was a great way. It was a public, um, campaign to raise awareness around food waste. And so I got my Florida people on a call with the California people and we have been planning, you know, it's obviously the date's going to be postponed, but we're planning to have a Florida food waste prevention week. And one of the things that the California group said they wish they would have done was engage the schools. So obviously since I represent the schools, 
um, we are targeting, um, that's one of our, the groups that we were going to make sure that we involve um, is the schools during that food waste prevention week. Well, that's just awesome. So can you uh, give me an idea of, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, a couple things. What advice would you give people who are interested in approaching their schools and starting share table programs and food pantry relationships uh, to recover healthy food that is unopened and that might otherwise be thrown okay, away? Okay, the first thing that I would tell them is it's so they're going to expect to hear no and they're going to have obstacles. <laughs> And that's okay. That's the way it should be. Anytime you're doing worthwhile work and you're implementing change, you're going to have some resistance. And that's part of the process. And it's yeah. part of, you know, I, I did view it and I did, I still say resistance and obstacles, but it is part of the process in your learning to see the whole picture. So that way you can have a successful program. Um, the other thing is food nutrition services are your friends. So you yes. want to make sure, and you had told me that I asked you, I was like, John, how did you help spread food recovery throughout all of Indiana? And you were like, I spoke to food nutrition services at the state conference. I was like, okay, yeah. I wrote it down and I made sure that that was a group that I, I don't think I mentioned them, but that's a group that two or three times now I've spoken uh, at their conference. Awesome. So, That's just awesome. I, I guess that would be the big two. And then once you, part of it is just telling this story. And when you talk about, um, you know, the fact that the way the system is currently set up, that we're training our children to treat food as trash, that we have yeah. so many children that are hungry and families that are, especially in this climate, um, that want food and need food. It really, people don't like throwing away food. So it's a, it's no, a solution that no. you're offering. You know, it's funny as a not-for-profit organization and you're developing an organization there with a, with a mission, it's you write out strategic plans and it, sometimes they're very thick and everything. And sometimes I look at the strategic plan and I look at three words, which is share the story, which is what you just said. And I'm like, wow, share the story pretty much encapsulates the entire 30 page strategic right. plan. <laughs> Uh, and I will say this, something as we're working on our food waste prevention week, and now I've been doing virtual teaching uh, for my sustainability class during this time, and it gave me time mm -hmm. to develop uh, food waste lessons. And one of the keys, obviously, it's looking at all the waste, but the other important part that I think is often overlooked is the focus on the value of food and what food brings to our lives. Like we're looking at food is medicine, food is fuel, yes. food is love. Anytime you get together with your family and friends, you, you break bread and you share meals and you celebrate. So food is central to our lives. So in, in recognizing that, it makes you less apt to dishonor it. Very well said. I totally, I mean, totally agree. So I'm going to ask you one last question. So if anyone's interested in learning more about starting a school food recovery program in your state or frankly, the nation, um, would it be okay if they reached out to you and would you be willing to provide your oh, information? Absolutely. So I'll let you do that okay. now. The, the, my email, is that, or the. Yeah, or e email or phone or however, whatever you'd feel comfortable giving oh, listeners okay. that might stumble across this because. Just to give you an, an FYI, one of the things we're doing this time is we're designing our website to have a map of the United States. 
And it's going to have four um, places to click on podcasts, videos, articles, and websites. So we want anybody who clicks on Florida to be able to see videos okay. from Florida, podcasts from Florida. So if they would happen to click on this podcast okay. and listen to it, they might be able to contact yep. you directly. So it's, uh, I do have the website. It's schoolfoodrecovery.org. Um, and mm-hmm. then my contact is, um, I'll give you my, my numbers, 954-635-8803. Excellent. Well, thank you so much uh, for spending time with me today, Elaine, and for all you've done since 2016 to really uh, move the Food Is Not Trash movement forward in not only Broward County, but just the state of Florida and the nation. We just really admire Well, and I appreciate your support and the work that you do to continue to um, move this, move this uh, systemic change along. Well, thank you so much, Elaine. Okay, Have a great day. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.